welcome back listeners to another production of Go Be Wyoming. Today is October 8th and our special guest is Mayor Roger Miller. This interview is brought to you by Alpha Graphics of Sheridan. It was great to sit down with Roger, get to talk to him a little bit about his last four years as mayor, growing up in Sheridan, um, his leadership and things he's done for the city, and just some uh, items from the debates and upcoming things. It was a very great interview. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's get right into it. That's perfect. Um, awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks again for letting me come to your office and, and take the time and um, get your two cents. And uh, um, so, yeah, um, here we are. We're in the mayor's office here at City of Sheridan. I'm sitting here with Roger Miller. Um, again, uh, Roger, thanks for uh, coming on the show and, and, and answering some of our questions and, and uh, uh, getting an interview in. Thank you for meeting with me, and uh, I do appreciate the, the time. And uh, it's always great to get a little bit of information out to our community at uh, you know at any at any time. Um, but you know some of the topics that we'll talk about today uh, are really kind of relevant to what's going on currently here in Sheridan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were just kind of talking about it. Let's let's kind of cover some um, you know some major city projects that you've been a part of uh, as mayor. Um, you know, I gave you kind of a list. I'll just name off a couple and then you can kind of talk about a couple if you like. Sure. Um, you know, the Sheridan Hub, uh, the Kendrick Park, um, you know, obviously that great uh, looking uh, North Main Interchange that uh, is really grown on that end of town. Um, you and I were just kind of talking about the spur of the moment. Uh, you know, the Main Street's going to have that three lane configuration coming up. So uh, kind of good, you know, there was, it was new news, but kind of good news as well. Uh, what other uh, projects that, uh, you know, you've been a part of uh, as mayor and, and maybe some things uh, in your line of sight? Sure. So uh, maybe I'll just kind of go through a, a, a little bit of the list that we've done the last four years. Uh, of course, the, the hub is something that we were working on back in 2017, and uh, there was about $10 million of work done to the hub at that point. Uh, we're currently working on uh, you know, additional funding for about $6 million with the hub group uh, to, to make sure that um, we have a little bit better facilities, that new parking area out front, uh, a new front area for meeting and greeting and hospital type aspects or uh, nursing aspects at the senior center of the hub downtown. Uh, so those are some of the things where we worked on you know, four years ago and continue working on today. The interchange has just been a great uh, introduction to the community. You know, it, it, it started a long time before, uh, but we were able to complete that in 18 months as opposed to the three years, which was a, a, a great benefit to the businesses out there if they'd had to struggle you know, for three years worth of work out there. Uh, that's, that's always kind of a death nail for businesses to have to uh, continue to work around uh, construction for year after year after year, and it, it just it was too much work. So we made sure we worked on that real hard and got that done uh, much quicker, but still uh, uh, up to 100% uh, of the codes and requirements and, and aspects and safety. And we just basically worked uh, multiple parts together as opposed to doing them one at a time. And, and it was a great project to, to finish up with. Um, you know, the Kendrick Park changes uh, was something, again, that that all started long before. 
uh, I was the mayor. Um, you know, the, the, the road change and the, um, the ice cream shack and the bathrooms and uh, the potential pool upgrades, that was stuff that we've kind of worked on these last four years. Uh, we still will see, hopefully, uh, in the next couple of years, an upgrade to the ice cream shack and new bathrooms in Kendrick Park, uh, as well as some kind of an upgrade to the uh, band shell as well. Uh, and and if most people are aware, the last two years, roughly, we were working on uh, maybe about a year, I guess, uh, on a little over a year, for the um, potential pool upgrades that we might do when we get the funding available. Uh, that project, basically, we, we worked on it. It's about, uh, it's either 30 or 60% basically design build ready. Uh, so if we have the funding, let's say, you know, two to three million or four to six million, depending on what we decide or the council at the time, the city at the time, uh, in two or three or four years from now, if we get to that project, uh, we'll determine, you know, what the total scale of that Kendrick Park pool project will be. Right. Um, you know, we have the Fifth Street project we've been working on for several years, and that's actually uh, going to be cleaning up the, the entry corridor from the interstate down to our down, heart of downtown. Uh, that's going to be a great project in the next year here that we're working on. The 1135 program, which is the creek uh, rip, uh, riparian area repairs that we're doing uh, for 3.8 miles of water through our city. Uh, we have the levee project that we're currently working on, which is the rocks that are being put on the banks right now to keep from erosion in, the, in several areas. We had some, uh, you know, two years ago when the, when the high waters came through, it really kind of tore them apart. Of course, we just finished the hill slide project, which is a massive, uh, amazing thing. I, I call it the first wonder of Sheridan. It's just yeah. such an amazing <laughs> wall. Uh, and it was, it was really important that uh, when we first started looking at that, um, they said, well, we could do block walls, we could do rock, we could do this, we could do that. And it's like, well, let's do something that's going to you know, be appealing, it's going to fit into the area, uh, but, but isn't going to just look like you know, a generic block wall. Mm -hmm. um, so when we did the research, we looked at this and we found this kind of a, a blown concrete concept and sculpted and painted and all that. And, and it's, just, it's just the right wall. It just is a, so much of a better wall. That's one of those projects that uh, you know, back in the 80s and 70s even, that hill slide was kind of sliding off for decades. Uh, and you know, when I became the mayor, I was like, you know, let's, let's not put this off another 50 years. You know, let's not do a little patch or band-aid to this. Let's get it fixed. Let's be done with this thing kind of once and for all uh, for the next 50 to 100 years. And that's, yeah. that's what we've done is we've got a great project over there. That costs about $8 million, but uh, the city of Sheridan and the county taxpayers uh, really uh, only ended up having to pay about $900,000 of an $8 million project for all the grant funding, the federal funding, the Corps of Engineer funding, all that that came together. It's really a great, great project to finally be done after more than 50 years of kind of, well, well, we'll patch this, we'll fix this, we'll do what we can. Well, uh, I, I, I'm very proud of the fact that we got out and got that done. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the... The kind of the last item, I guess, real quick was the um, the main street three lane configuration. Of course, we we started working on that more than two years ago. Yep. Uh, people may not realize it, but I was downtown talking to businesses. I was um, you know talking to to landowners and uh, for for over a year and a half, almost two years, uh, just asking, well, what could Main Street be and how could it be better? We were planning on the uh, 23, 24 um, pavement reconstruction of the downtown Main Street. That's a YDOT project that gets on a, what's called the STIP. That's that's years in advance. So six years at, at, at a minimum, that's on a project to be done in the future. So four years ago, uh, when I got on, they were like, well, in, in about 
six years, this is what we expect to do on Main Street. So part of my um, work that I did was I wanted to make sure I go down and talk to the businesses on Main Street and say, this project's going to come up. You remember uh, some of us that were on Main Street decades ago, mm -hmm. uh, how hard that was uh, for the construction, how hard it was on your business to be kind of blocked off from with construction, uh, areas being closed, you can't get deliveries, you can't, I mean, it's, it's really quite a, a disturbance to the businesses downtown. Right. Uh, so I talked with them and I said, you know, you, you're, you're kind of being told up front, years in advance, start saving a little money, $5,000, $10,000 a year, put it in, a, in an account so that when that project comes, uh, you have extra funding put away for your employees and for, uh, you know, those those months and paying your bills and stuff that if you're if you don't have your normal you know, month of the year, you have some reserves to pay for that stuff so your business doesn't suffer uh, when that project comes through. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the ideas that came up out of a, a whole um, a slew of things that we were working on was, well, what could Main Street be and how could it be a little bit better? And we looked at bulb outs, we looked at a whole bunch of different other aspects, and we decided that, that, that there just wasn't room for those things. Mm -hmm. um, but the three-lane configuration actually did a lot of stuff. It made the road safer. It made it quieter. Uh, it made, made it a, a whole lot easier for our seniors to get in and out of their cars. Not, they don't have to worry about getting run over quite so uh, bad or, or hurrying too quickly. Uh, a lot of our seniors, have uh, that are drivers and shoppers in our community, just avoided Main Street because it was too congested. They just didn't like it. Um, so um, when we first started working on it, uh, you know, people were kind of going, well, this is really, we're not sure this is going to be a good idea. You know, we, why change it? You know, those kinds of things. Uh, but the idea was is to test it. And that's what we did last year. Uh, we tested it for about six weeks and we wanted to see traffic patterns and flows of traffic. And uh, is it going to divert traffic off of Main Street, which we didn't want? Um, is it going to be safer? Is it going to cause traffic congestion in certain uh, intersections? Right. And what we found was, is the answer was no. It didn't. It didn't cause us any problems, and it actually made it nicer, easier, safer, not only for our seniors and our senior shoppers for getting in and out of cars, but for everybody, uh, and especially even uh, mothers with uh, kids that are coming downtown or fathers with their kids downtown. Uh, I, I can I can attest to having a business on Main Street, raising my kids in this town. Uh, that uh, when I would you know stop on Main Street, I'd, I'd have to be very cognizant and not let my kids get out on certain sides of the street. And I'd ask them to sit still so that I could get out of the car when I could get out and then work my way around and let my kids out on the sidewalk and all that kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and, it, and, and it's, it's just good parenting. It's good conscious uh, uh, thought to do things right and safe. But um, this, this new three-lane configuration uh, is that it's just safer, it's more functional, and it's just a better way of, uh, of, of moving traffic in our downtown. It also kind of slows things down uh, in your mind a little bit. Instead of having four lanes of cars racing back and forth, uh, when you really see two lanes of cars going back and forth, what's interesting is we actually move the same exact number of cars uh, and actually just like 23 or 24 more uh, during that testing time period. Uh, but you know, it, it looked like it was slower. It felt like it was slower. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I would just point out to people that instead of having, you know, eight cars, you know, four deep side by side, you now have eight cars that are uh, eight deep in one line. Uh, and then with the turn lane in the middle, it's made it easier for deliveries, for, for the businesses downtown. The, 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 the semi-trucks don't have to go down the, the alleys that have been, you know, hard to work with for decades. Uh, that is part of the, the next part of the project. At some point, the city needs to 
work on those two alleys and clean them up so that uh, we have better uh, alley access to our mm -hmm. businesses on both sides of Main Street. So um, the long story short with that project is, is it's been over two years. We had 90 plus percent of the businesses that uh, uh, were in favor of testing it. And at the end of it, they that same you know 90 plus percent said, we really like this. We think it's great. We'd love to see it made permanent. Uh, we had uh, over 70, 73% of our community members that uh, filled out the surveys also said yes we really like this it's it's nicer it's safer it's more comfortable um why why didn't we do this a long time ago uh, and what's interesting is is you know back in the 60s and 70s it was a it was a, a three-lane road just like what we're going to be putting back so it's almost like taking us back in time a little bit uh, really kind of getting back to the roots of what sheridan is uh, and and, and we, we have the next two to three years still to, to look at it and, and kind of continue to test. But the long story short is uh, by the time we actually do the road repairs in about 23, 24, um, we'll, we'll be able to really look at this and go, do we really love it? Do we really want it this way? Uh, and so, you know, we could in theory uh, change our mind in two years from now and still kind of put things back. But uh, I really feel that, and, and, and what this um, traffic patterns and everything have shown, uh, it's it's going to be a great service to our community. It really is more comfortable, quieter, safer. We had zero accidents that that whole time frame. And uh, I was just on Main Street just the other day, uh, and I watched somebody drive by, and I hear clunk. And, you know, it's two mirrors hitting, and somebody's driving by. Uh, and, and like two minutes later, I see someone back into a car, and it's just like, good lord, uh, <laughs> these are the things that this is why this three lane. Uh, configuration is going to be so much better uh, and and the final note is is that the you know the little buffer zone is what we call it it's not a bike lane um, although it, it can be utilized that way but it's not officially a bike lane because we just don't have enough space bike lanes have to be at least six feet wide uh, and the buffer zone that was on both sides of the street are, are, is only about three feet wide. Mm. So it's really more for you know keeping the traffic off of your car so you can stop your car, park your car a little easier, wiggle it in and out, uh, and um, and open your car door and get out safely. That's that's really the benefit that's yeah. going to be there. So a lot of great projects we've been doing. Absolutely, and I, I do want to jump in on that. You know, I uh, um, one I've had a friend he accidentally. Uh, hit mirrors going down Main Street. I mean, it's a very common thing. Just uh, large trucks or any traffic that's parked. You know, it's very hard in that four lane. And um, and then safety. You know, getting out in and out. Like even myself, I'm at you know mid twenties. It's still kind of I got to time it. You know, can I get in and out of my my car? Um, and I will say it was funny. I when it happened, I was kind of like I don't like this idea. This too much change. But then within the six weeks of that test, it was like, no, actually, this is kind of nice, you know? And um, I will say it does, I, I like your analogy of, uh, it slowed it down. It kind of gives you that small town feel, you're taking your time, and then you don't feel rushed, you know, trying to change lanes and, and avoid people turning. And um, so uh, I'm glad we're talking about it, on that it kind of got approved a little earlier than we thought, but. So yeah, so, so to that, uh, you know, because it's current event right now, um, the you know we've been working on it for two years. We had it in the budget. We actually uh, lowered the amount of money we were willing to spend on it from three hundred thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand, uh, and we're actually coming in far under that as well. So so the whole transition changeover, and thanks to YDOT and, and the other groups that are working with it for doing the line striping and, and all the work that will be done this weekend. Uh, and, the, and the light changing and the brackets that are being made by local companies. I mean, it really is a really cool project that we have pulled together as a community in this time of COVID and we're making something really happen that, that uh, 
hopefully will really kind of inspire people to continue to shop downtown and help our local downtown businesses really thrive uh, for the next you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, it, it, it really is a more comfortable, um, more um, aesthetically pleasing to some at least uh, to, to see, because some people still don't, yep. they don't think they like it, but uh, I really do believe that, that the safety factors and the comfort level um, is a huge uh, upswing when you have a business downtown where people can feel comfortable to drive downtown, park their car, get out of their car safely and functionally. Uh, and, and it does give us kind of, again, it kind of gives us our classic Sheridan historic downtown, that, that old three lane that we had back in the, in the 60s and 70s and, and, uh, and that time frame. So um, it's, it, is, it is something I'm really excited about. I'm very happy that the community uh, was willing to test it. And then from that test, you, know, it, 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 you, always, you always wonder, you know, it's, well, what about this? What about that? And, and this is going to be good and this is going to be bad. And it's like, well, how do we know until we actually test it? And that's why I pushed the issue. I said, let's actually test it. And uh, you know, we, we originally looked at it and they thought, well, maybe it'd be a hundred and some thousand dollars to test it. Well, it turned out to be about $40,000 to test it. And it's going to be under, uh, I don't know what the final number is just yet, but it's going to be under 150000 to actually switch it over. So uh, what, a, what a great improvement for, for really very little investment up front, mm -hmm. study time, and, and the actual investment at the end to, uh, to, to kind of put a little history back into our community. And, and like you said, it, it doesn't deter um, the small businesses either. You know, if anything, it's going to help them with shipments and, and deliveries. Um, you did talk about the alleys, which is, is something that uh, will probably be down in the, later in the future. Um, I, I want to segue into, um, uh, we'll kind of skip uh, just because this will fall into this question here. Sure. Um, you know, in regards to small businesses, this is an unprecedented time. This year has been wild and weird and um, you know, what are some things that the city has done, uh, maybe that you that uh, you guys out of this office um, were able to do for small business for downtown uh, during this year of COVID? So, you know, it, it was really difficult to do any specific thing um, because you know, the, the, the state and the COVID money was all kind of run through the state and the county. Um, now, did I go give support and, and, and verbally testify on behalf of things? Yes, we did those kinds of things to say these are the items uh, and, the, and the kind of programs we'd like to see uh, so that our businesses could can, can, uh, receive some of the COVID money uh, to help them through their processes and, and help them pay their employees and all that. Uh, but a lot of that um, overarching work really was set at the state level and at the county level. Um, so um, a lot of support in, in, in those aspects. Um, the one thing that I did do is I, I tried to walk up and down Maine uh, at least three, four, five, six, uh, at least a dozen times uh, that over the five months now uh, and just asking business, well, how are things going? Well, it's really tough back in March and April. Uh, but then, you know, May and June and July started rolling around and the businesses were like, well, you know, actually it's not so bad. We're, we're actually doing okay. And, and, and that was part of, you know, with our budget that we were working on, we were concerned that our sales tax was gonna drop dramatically and that our Main Street was gonna be drastically hurt. But it turned out that, uh, you know, after just a couple of months, uh, our community was able to kind of swing that and, and, and our, our sales tax stayed strong. Our, our most of the businesses, now some of them really did suffer and they were you know, shut down like some of the hair salons and the bars and things like that. And, and you know, right. unfortunately that's stayed down and there was literally nothing I could do. I tried talking to the governor, I tried talking to the county commissioners, I tried to talk to whoever I could to, to spur and push that along. Uh, but you know, met, 
basically a wall at the, at the state level. There's no, these are the things, these are the state rules, uh, you know, all the orders that were put out, um, that we just had to live by those things. Um, I, I, although, I, I, again, I, I was trying to talk to the governor, I was trying to talk to the different uh, leaders that are, the, the slip board members, the treasurer, the auditor, all those people to try to, 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 to move the ball someplace. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in the end run, uh, our community has come through this really quite well. Our sales tax was very good. Uh, we're looking at good numbers uh, this month. Uh, well, two months back is our numbers. So we're looking at the now August numbers. Right. Our July numbers were good. Our, uh, our June numbers were good. And so uh, with those sales tax numbers, we're able to say, okay, here's what we can do as the city. Uh, but also it, it's very uh, nice to know that there are businesses on Maine, at least the majority of them, had a decent summer. I, I won't call it stellar or great, although some of them said, you know, hey, my numbers were actually up June, July, and August. Uh, so that that's really good to hear. Uh, I was just talking to the fly shop guys down here, and they said, you know, we're we're still doing guide trips. It's 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 in October now. It's like, wow, that's fantastic. So people are really kind of uh, you know buying into the buy local, be downtown, shop local, and support our local businesses. Uh, so that's that's great news going into the into this next year. Um, you know, in, in a few more months, you know, is it three months? Is it another six months? We just don't know. Uh, but uh, having a, a good solid base of what we've done the last five six months, uh, it just shows how great Sheridan is, how resilient we are, how great our businesses are, how awesome our our citizens are to 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 participate and buy downtown. Uh, and 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 uh, not just buy online. You know, that's another whole thing. Our, our online sales were actually up, and our local sales tax was also up. So I mean, that's that's really quite an amazing yeah. thing. We were expecting to see if online goes up, will our our local sales tax go down? Right. And we did not see that here. Now I will say that we are very lucky across the state because only Riverton and Laramie are the only two other cities that had the same type of success we had. Every other impact in the state was down between 10 and 25, and even as high as 30, 29, 30% oh, wow. down in their sales and use tax. So, so we are, are an amazing uh, uh, dichotomy of our community. We have just just a really great economy, a really great community that uh, you know pulls together, and we do the great the great things we have to do to survive and keep Sheridan strong. So, right. super proud of everybody. Um, and and you know, I'll just go a little bit further on this uh, right now. Um, you know, we are seeing a little bit of an uptick in the COVID in our community um, and across the state. And of course, we still need to make sure we try to keep our social distancing and and uh, where where the masks were appropriate. You know, our kids are trying to do that in our schools, uh, and we're trying to keep everybody as safe as possible. Um, and, and and the new statistics on COVID are kind of all over the place. You know, is it as uh, uh, transferable as it was in the in the months past? Uh, is it as uh, heavy of a, a viral load or, or people recovering quicker from it? And you know, who's it you know, targeting as much more now? And, and you've seen it go from kind of the seniors down to like the 20 to 30 year olds. Uh, and so it's it, it's kind of a, it's all over the place on what yeah. you're doing. So <laughs> we just gotta keep being safe, keep doing the right thing, you know, keep our social distance, keep washing your hands, try not to touch your face if you have your mask on all the time, because the one thing I notice everybody does is they're, they're talking and they're constantly adjusting their mask because it keeps popping off in their nose and they keep throwing it back up. And, and, and you know, it, it's uh, masks do collect a lot more stuff because it's right there to do that, right? It's to stop it from blowing out and going six, eight feet away. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, carry that hand sanitizer, and when you're messing with your mask, try to do that before you touch door handles and go to you know 
touch counters and you know, pay at the register, all those kinds of things. Because uh, even though you're wearing a mask and you're and you're you're fondling your mask all the time, if you happen to have COVID uh, or or you know it's, it's, your mask stops it for whatever reason and, and you touch it, uh, there, there is that spread possibility from from touching your mask and touching everything else. So. Uh, and 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 I and I do see you know, many many people across the community, myself included. Uh, you know, we're we're going around without our masks, and and I'm I'm keeping that you know six foot, eight foot, twelve foot, twenty foot uh, you know um, separation from people. Uh, and I try not to um, you know be in any area that uh, that that has you know active people coughing or sick or those kinds of things. But um, you know, we're like I said, we're doing a great job. Um, we are seeing a little bit of an uptick, so if, uh, if our community can really kind of reassess and go, yeah, I know it's getting very tiring, uh, but we do need to kind of just recheck ourselves and go, okay, it's just a few more months, we can do this, and we'll be out the other side, and, uh, and, and we'll all be so excited and so much better off for it. I interrupt this interview with Mayor Roger Miller to just give a shout out to our sponsor, Alpha Graphics, for this interview. Don't go anywhere. This interview's just getting really good. And now let's go back to Mayor Roger Miller. Yeah, well, and I, uh, I think that's a great message, you know, uh, kind of talking about our economy, right? Um, you know, just stick together as a community. And, um, you know, I, I coach ninth grade football, so it, it, I totally get it. You know, the kids are getting sick of it. We're getting sick of it, but just stick with it. You know, and I think that message of it, washing your hands, you know, try and keep your space from people. Um, that's probably going to be the new normal. I think, you know, asking people if they want to be distanced or not shaking hands, you know, I, um, anyways, but, um, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. We're all, we all have to do our part and, and we're trying to do that very much. So, yep. um, in fact, uh, I, I was just at a, at a meeting and, um, you know, it was one of those things that's like, well, uh, this, this person that was at the meeting was like a, you know, potential third, you know, bump down the road contact. So, um, didn't know, didn't not know, but you know, keep the distance. You know, don't shake hands. All those things. Yep. But we can still uh, do what we need to do to function in all of our meetings and all of our uh, public work uh, that we do. But but going out and shopping and all those kinds of things, um, we just we're, we're doing great. And I just want to thank everybody that's out there. Uh, you know, still trying to do the right thing uh, and 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 not necessarily overreacting on other sides as well. We have we have a really good community that. Uh, isn't going extreme one way or the other. And, and I, I do appreciate everybody's participation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. We're going to change gears just a little, just to end this out. Um, you know, um, there were debates last week. Um, you debated your opponent, uh, Rich Bridger. Um, really, we're just going to keep it simple, Roger. You know, how do you think the debates went? Um, you know, I, I watched them on the on YouTube. Um, you know, I think real big issues, I think, and we've kind of already talked about it, is uh, people are looking to move to Wyoming in particular. Um, and I think the city of Sheridan, we're seeing um, people have found us. You know, I, the secret's out. Um, you know, so um, I think if you want to talk about kind of housing, um, I know uh, you were a vocal voice on the, I mean, it just got approved this week. I'm pretty sure the hidden bridge ranch, mm -hmm. uh, project there on Midland. Um, but, um, you know, anything in regards you want to say about that, but, uh, really kind of, you know, how do you thought the debates went? And then if, um, there's anything that you'd like to bring up, um, you know, coming up for the election, kind of sure. your, your little sales pitch. <laughs> sure. I, I appreciate that. So the, you know, as, as, as far as the debates went, you know, um, 
they, they were pretty easy. There was not there's not a lot of conflict really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 issues of the past, the fluoride, the administrator aspects. Uh, everybody still has their opinions. Uh, those have effectively been resolved to a large extent. Um, you know the the issue of, of future funding. Uh, one of the matters that we that was brought up was you know if if you get the the, the distribution funding cut, that's 1.7 million dollars out of the budget. What impacts is that going to have on your budget? And so one of the, the things that I brought up was well, you know, our administrators the last couple have said that you know if we have substantial further cuts, especially you know that uh, supplemental funding, even though we don't use it for um, employee payroll and all that, uh, it still has impact because it's you know 500,000 potential towards our snow removal. What do we not do snow removal, or how do we work that into the budget? Where do we come up with the money if that money disappears? To actually continue our snow budget, our, our snow removal budget, there's there's lots of impacts that happen from that. And so, you know, one of the things I brought up was, well, you know, four years ago, back in 2016, uh, we, we had just a mayor and a city council. Um, our our cost to administer the city was about 168, $167,000 a year. Uh, currently, today, with our administrator, mayor, and council. Uh, our 2020 budget had $407,000. So that's a substantial increase uh, in in basically one position. And you know the argument was, well, is it needed? Is it not needed? Um, you know, is it more professional? Uh, or you know, there's a thousand different arguments on it. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is uh, if we have to do cuts that are substantial and they go into our employees, do we cut five employees or do we cut one employee? Um, that's the kind of decision that we have to make on that. Uh, I'm a business person. I, I, I try to cut the, the biggest you know, part of bureaucracy or the uh, expenses. I'd rather keep five people employed in, in, instead of one you know, mm-hmm. type of a thing. Um, and also, you know, it, it is the, the people's choice of who the mayor is. And if, uh, if they elect a mayor that's a good business person with the education and skills like myself, with you know, police and city administration background, with business background of over 18 years of running businesses, um, and and military experience, you know, and, and police experience and making sure people stay safe and how to operate those different aspects. Um, you know, that's what you look for. That's what I look for in a mayor is someone that has that leadership ability, the education ability, the skill sets. Uh, and and that's what I want. I want a full time mayor. It's going to work full time for the city of Sheer to make sure we get the most we can out of that elected official. Um, one of the uh, questions that really needs to be brought up and, and addressed is, uh, you know, uh, and, and this is just some of the stuff that uh, uh, my opponent has said in the past is, you know, well, really, if you have an administrator, you know, what you, you don't you don't really need a full time mayor. You need a part time mayor. Uh, so the question is, is will my opponent, Rich Bridger, be a part time mayor and continue to work at the rec department and you know put 10 hours a week into being a mayor as a you know fully like part time type job? Or will he do what I've done and put full-time work into it and, and really invest all that time in making those connections down at the, the governor's office? You know, the governor appointed me just this last year to the, the, the Wyoming Main Street Board. It's a three-year appointment. Um, you know, being able to work with people across the state with all the different mayors and all the different uh, senators and representatives from across the state and being able to go down to Cheyenne and testify on behalf of the city and, and explain, hey, this is why we need the supplemental funding. It's going to affect our city in these ways. You have to be able to you know, focus and study and do that full time as the mayor of, of a city our size. That's why I've, I've always fought for 
the mayor of the, the mayor of the city should be the CEO, should have all the authorities of the mayor, and the mayor should be paid decently. And that's one of the arguments they say, oh, he's just trying to raise his money and, and make money. It's like uh, $24,000 a year, no benefits. That's less than minimum wage. It, it, <laughs> it, it's very hard to raise a family or enjoy living in Sheridan or even afford to live in Sheridan off of 24000 bucks a year. It's, it's well, frankly, impossible. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's. It, I'm fortunate that I have a wife who, uh, who's Dr. Jill uh, at Downtown Sheridan Eye Care Center. You know, she helps pay for a lot of the stuff that that we do to, to keep our kids in school and clothe and feed us and all those kinds of things. Because the the, the mayor pay, quite frankly, sucks. It's just a. It needs to be more in the in the city of Sheridan. We're a full-time awesome community. We need a full-time awesome mayor that, that's paid at least you know forty-eight thousand a year plus benefits to make the job worthwhile doing, but also so that you can afford to live here and and do the job. So you know, there's some substantial differences. You know, Bridger's always said, well, it's a part-time job, and uh, he 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 couldn't do the job unless the, the administrator was there because he doesn't have the education, he doesn't have the background, he doesn't have the uh, capabilities or the skill set or the education that the administrator does. So therefore he would need an administrator to do, to do the job he can't do. And it's like, well, then why are you running for mayor? I, I, don't, I don't grasp that concept. Um, but uh, that's, that's really where the major differences are. Is I will do the job full time. I've proven it over the last four years that uh, I can do the job. I've done it exceptionally well. And I will stand up and argue the points. Uh, Hidden Bridge is a, a great example. Um, you know, we had a contracts from 2013 from Mayor Kinski that uh, really caused a lot of the problems that we were seeing today. So uh, we had to go back and look at the contract and, and understand that the lights, the sidewalks, the pathway type stuff, the park space, uh, all of that was written into a contract back in 2013. But but here today, the, the subdivision, the HOA group was looking at and going, well, that doesn't meet law. It doesn't meet the code. You guys have to have this stuff. And it's like, well, unfortunately, that was signed away you know, back in 2013. Uh, we are obligated by those agreements at that time, and we're currently working on new agreements to try to um, to to solidify and, and look at the next phases of it and, and keep everything working as a great uh, community and a great neighborhood. It is a great neighborhood. It's very highly sought after, highly valued. Uh, and we didn't want to make we wanted to make sure that we didn't have too small a lot. So we went from three thousand square foot lots to five to six thousand square foot lots. Um, you know, went from 99 uh, potential home sites to 74 potential home sites. Uh, at the end of the day, those the four park spaces that are still part of that neighborhood um, aren't necessary based off of the contract that was signed back in 2013. So, I mean, that's why it gets complicated and convoluted because you have to know all of the facts. Um, you know, it, it was unfortunate that some of the uh, supporters of my opponent live in that neighborhood and they were pushing you know, the political aspect. And they flat out said, uh, if you don't vote to stop this thing, we're, we're gonna remember that and we're not gonna vote for you in, in November. Well, uh, someone with honesty and integrity and professionalism says, well, I understand that, uh, but here's what we're working on. Here's how we're trying to work through it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to vote what's best for our community and what's best for the neighborhood and what's best for the city as, as a whole, because that's my job as the mayor and as a council to say, are we doing the right thing for our community as a city and are we following the laws and the uh, codes and, and everything that we have to in the, in the contracts and, and the negotiations that have been established before us? And the answer at the end of the day was you, you saw the final vote. It was all seven of us said yes to the to the zone change and all seven of us said yes to the um, to the final plat. 
because it really, at the end of the day, started off uh, you know, a little choppy, a little hard, but we worked through all those issues. That's what the, the, the process is. At the end of the day, we have a great uh, neighborhood with, with a really good homes that will be built up there, and, and, and all of it will be started to build over the next, you know, this winter and, and more over the next few years. Um, but the, at the end of the day, that, that neighborhood is still going to be very nice, very valued. Um, I believe the one of the, the least expensive 1,900 plus square foot two car garage, three bedroom, you know, all these 6,000 square foot lot, um, the least expensive house is probably going to be around $350,000. So it's not affordable. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a raising the value of everybody's lands up there. And some of the larger lots uh, and the larger homes over 2,500 square foot, you know, so many bedrooms and baths and park garages and you know, eight to 9,000 square foot lots, uh, those will be in the 450 and higher. I mean, yeah. Again, that's not affordable. That's, an ex that's a very uh, affluent, very nice, uh, high-end neighborhood. And so, so all of the neighbors in that area uh, that were concerned about uh, devaluation of their property and safety of the kids and all that stuff, we have worked through all of those issues. Uh, we're continuing to work on some of the ones just to button them up, like the sidewalks, the lighting, the crosswalks, right. all those things. But but at the end of the day, we have we will have fixed the problems that were created years ago, uh, and that neighborhood will be better for the future. And we'll also go that next step and say uh, the next phases are even even those will be uh, cleaner and more locked into place, so that our roadways and our pathways and our easements. All of that stuff is being worked out to be more clear and concise and, and contract uh, uh, um, locked in so that we can really not have to go back through this. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible process to have people come in and, and you'll know, be angry with you because you're just not doing the right thing. It's like, well, here's all the things we did. And actually, we did do the right thing. So. Um, <laughs> So, so sometimes it's just that communication aspect, and, and sometimes it's the political aspect that gets thrown into these as, these these types of uh, uh, situations, and it's unfortunate, quite frankly, because um, you know I, I I've said all along I'm not a politician, I don't want to be a politician, don't really like politicians. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to be the mayor of the city of Sheridan because the mayor of the city of Sheridan is a a very important job. Uh, it helps set the tone for many many things across our community. Working with people, uh, you know, and, and there's there's been uh, talk. Well, he doesn't work well with certain people, and it's like, well, you know, I, I work with everybody who's honest, integrity, uh, professional. Uh, I've proven that across the state. The governor works with me. The slip board works with me. Uh, mayors from across this uh, the state work with me. Uh, I, I work with thousands and thousands of people. So to those people that uh, think that that uh, that that I don't work with them. Uh, well, they're just they're just not working with me is what it boils down to. Um, I, I have an open door policy. I've always had that. Uh, I, my, I list my phone number everywhere. It's on the website. It's on you know anything that you look at. If you want to call and talk to the mayor, I'm here. Uh, you leave a message with Bev. You leave a message with me on my phone. Uh, I've even had my personal cell phone out there for for five years, and, and it's like if you can't get a hold of me. You're just not trying. Mm -hmm. If you're not if you can't talk with me, you're just not trying. Um, so uh, I am available. I, I, I want everyone to understand that I love the job. I think it's great. Uh, it's a full-time job. I will continue to do that for the city of Sheridan for four more years. Uh, and this will be my last thing because I think it's kind of a great end, way to end. Yeah. But the consistency of our government and our and a consistency of relationships that I've built over the last four years is extremely important. 
And one of those, if we really want to get the remainder of the 1135 project and our, our, our creek work done, and, and it's actually the Riverwalk project that's just down here a couple blocks from City Hall, if we want to get that done in the next 10 years, we have to continue uh, keeping the contacts going that I've created over the last four years with the Corps of Engineers. They're constantly cycling people in and out. There's a new colonel that, that is there. He's just been there a few months, so I'm having to rebuild all those relationships again with him, but the team uh, is mainly still in place. So, so you have lots of stuff that's in place, but you learn a little bit new uh, going down that pathway. But uh, the, the river walk is going to take at least, at least two to three more years to kind of start that next level process of the paperwork and the uh, investigation and all the different stuff that we have to do. Uh, and then from that two to three year point, uh, then we then we actually get uh, um, recommended by the Corps of Engineers as a project that is a viable project that should be funded. And and we're we're at this level right now to where when we finish our 1135 program, we'll be at the top tier ready to go for that second phase, which is that particular project. Technically, kind of a third phase, but but, but it'll yep. be that project. So. It's important to keep that uh, consistency of your government and 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 uh, you know your mayor working with those people so that uh, when they're looking back and, and they're they're looking at us going well that that community is invested in this they're they're absolutely interested in getting it done it'll be a huge um, benefit to the city of Sharon for the next fifty to hundred years or, or longer uh, once that project gets done the general concept is you know you pull out the concrete structure you basically kind of uh, stair step the banks, so you actually create more open uh, volume space. Okay. Uh, just a couple of years ago, if people don't remember when we had the high water, the water was all the way up and touching the bridges. You know, two of the four bridges across Main Street, uh, across the, the culvert there, uh, were being touched by that high, the second highest flood stage in, in recorded history of Sheridan. So um, we, we definitely need that project to be done. Uh, and what it'll do is it'll connect the north pathway to the south pathway, uh, and you'll be able to you know go underneath the roads and and still ride your bikes, be safe, and not have to cross four lanes of traffic just to to continue on the pathway. Uh, it'll 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 really open up the businesses on those side roads to have a green space and a place to you know go out and sit on the on a lawn, have lunch, or at the restaurants, or uh, you know have that little open space to sit and enjoy and listen to music. Um, we'll, we'll be working in the future about putting a little parking a little more on both ends of that as well. That's part of the whole vision of the project. Um, but uh, it, it really will uh, be kind of the, the central heart greenbelt aspect of downtown Sheridan that, that will really kind of revitalize uh, from Coffeen to the culverts and the culvert all the way down to Fifth Street. It'll, it'll really become a two-chambered heart that'll really be the, the lifeblood, the tax base, the business uh, center of our community and we'll have that you know left and right part of the, the of the heart just pumping away and keeping our economy and our, our community uh, the, the, the most awesome place there is in Wyoming and and as I always say in the universe <laughs> <laughs> well that was wonderful and I, I want to go back to just as we end um, in in kind of your your four years here and your experience um, because um, one of my questions was going to be kind of like you know obviously if, if you're elected mayor you know, this legislative session from the state, there are obviously going to be some budget shortfalls. You kind of already hit on it. Like, look, as a business person, um, and, and I've already got experience, like I'm, you're kind of already thinking about what are some ways that we can, we, we're going to have to save money. We're going to, we're going to be at a shortfall. 
Um, and I don't think we need to go into that anymore. Just that, you know, you've already been thinking about it. I think everyone has, cause it's, it's kind of obvious that the state's going to have a shortfall. Um, but, um, it is encouraging to hear that, um, the city of Sheridan actually saw a decent year, as you said, a decent year, um, with everything going on. And is, if we can just be a community, um, and just keep going through it, um, stay consistent for the next few years, we'll be much farther ahead than the rest of the state and really quite frankly a lot of the country right i mean we we have so much going on for us and and that really is where we're at uh sheridan has kind of been found um, but understand this too even though we have all the uh, all of this you know um uh, housing development that's going on those houses aren't built yet so so i know people are going well there's thousands of people moving here it's like no there no there's not we only have a limited housing supply uh, and a limited rental supply and, and our rental supply there's only just a few rentals every month available i mean literally less than 10 probably mm-hmm. in the whole city uh, and as far as you know completed built houses there's are basically none i mean there's five or six at the most in our community that are, are really finishing being built and ready for somebody to move into uh, so some of the people that have moved here are moving into our hotels they're buying lots and their home won't be built for a year. It'll be next summer, at the end of summer, when their home will actually probably be built. So uh, we, we, even though it seems like a pressing uh, matter that we're going to have thousands of people move here, uh, we can feel more comfortable that we're not. Uh, you know, when you look back at Sheridan over the last 40 years, uh, we grow, um, you know, by about uh, you know, a couple thousand people per decade. We don't, we don't grow 2,000 per year like right. some of these other areas. <laughs> Uh, and, and that's what that's how we keep Sheridan Sheridan. That's how we keep our, our our Sheridan lifestyle growing, but growing responsibly, growing basically controlled. Uh, and one of the key things that we absolutely have to do in the next four years, and I've been pushing the council for the last four years, and and staff and and, and business people around town, is that we have to start looking at affordable neighborhoods. And, there, and, and we can do that through zoning. We can zone some R4 type zoning, which is basically your modular mobile home type spaces. Um, that, that's the only way we're really going to be able to draw down uh, uh, so to some lower income style homes. And, and they're not bad. It's not like a 1968 you know, mobile home trailer mm-hmm. that, that was you know, nice back in the 60s, but kind of a dump today for, for a large part, unless they've been fixed up and those kinds of things. But, but you can... Uh, if you have a, a mobile home park where somebody could move in a, a nicer new modular home or a mobile home into those those areas, that's how we will be able to uh, increase the inventory of affordable homes. Uh, we, we if we build too fast, you know, that, and, and all of a sudden you have five thousand or let's just say five hundred extra homes on the market, that actually is what really devalues all of the other properties and that and that's what kind of shifts your whole economic impact or your capabilities of your community. So we need to strategically plan. We need to be very careful how we do that. Uh, but we, we have to change our mind and say, not everybody needs a three bedroom, you know, $500,000 home. A lot of people actually need a three bedroom, you know, $100,000, $200,000 home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's our workforce. We, we, we have to focus on our attainable workforce housing over the next four years, and that has to be a, an absolute priority. And, and as I've shown, uh, we're capable of 
working a hill slide project, working a Fifth Street project, working an interchange project, working uh, Lauk Street and Coffee and Main Street, and I mean all the infrastructure stuff, the the double day infrastructure for the park that we, uh, you know, people might forget there was over seven million dollars of uh, of of, of uh, state funding that helped us put our water line sewer lines in out out to the loop on the north end of town. So there's about 800 available. Um, potential houses that could be built out there. When we get a grocery store on that end, that'll really help that part to grow. So it's, it's, it's a complete vision package, but it's a very um, planned, methodical package that keeps us growing at a very reasonable rate to where we're not gonna be you know, 50,000 people in a decade. We're, we're gonna be you know, from our 18,000 people now, we'll probably be at that you know, 20 to 21,000 know, a decade from now. Uh, inside the city limits, the the county grows uh, uh, close to that. It's more like uh, if if we grow two thousand people in the city limits in ten years, we usually grow about a thousand to fifteen hundred in the county at the same time. So um, we will have steady, consistent growth. I was I always point this out. Back in the eighties, when I was a kid, we had about fourteen thousand people in the city limits, uh, and I think it was about twenty four twenty five thousand in the county. Well, here we are, thirty years later. And we're at 18,000 people in the city and about 30,000 people in the county. So that's how Sheridan has been successful. That's what we need to continue to do. And with great leadership, and, and uh, that's what I want to help for the next four years, uh, really hone in and get a couple of more great projects done, uh, but focus on that housing, focus on that business development, and focus on uh, our, our Riverwalk project, because that'll take at least six to 10 years to accomplish. And so all the, all the hard work is done in the first you know, three to six years, then it's just a matter of waiting for the funding to come through and bidding out the project and actually building it, which takes on a project like that, probably a good three to four years to actually accomplish. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's great, you know, I'm, I'm excited about Sheridan. I wanna thank everybody and ask them, of course, for their vote. Uh, because uh, I, I love being the mayor. I think it's a, a, a great job, and, and we just need to focus and, and fix some of the stuff that we went a little too far uh, on the swing when we switched over to the administrator form of government. There's ways of tweaking it and making it a lot better for the future of Sheridan, and, and, uh, and hopefully as we can have better discussions and more open discussions on that and, and not be so angry and fight about it. And it's like, I'm not fighting about stuff. I'm pointing out facts, and, and if you don't like the facts, well, you know, I, I'm let's say those are the facts. <laughs> right. So, so I, I'm I'm an ex-cop, so I deal with fact, I deal with truth, uh, and I, I deal with the numbers and say, here's what we have. What do we want to do? And uh, and and that's what I'm looking to do for the next four years is continue Sheridan's good, steady, honest, clean, healthy growth. Keep Sheridan Sheridan. Keep us at our core of what we do. Uh, help our downtown businesses. Uh, create that heartbeat of the downtown, continue with the historic train district, the Fifth Street as aspect, uh, and hopefully by the end of four years, we'll be done, well, we will definitely be done with Fifth Street by then, so we'll have our new interchange on the north. Fifth Street will be cleaned up and looking really nice. And so our, our, our third and final exit at the south end of town, you know, a little bit of cleanup work there, uh, and then we have this 
very attractive off of an interstate community that as people drive by, instead of hundreds of thousands of cars driving by every year, because one of the things that was is interesting is decades ago, your car got about 150 to 200 miles per tank of gas. Mm-hmm. Well, now they get four to 500 miles per tank, and some of them get 600 miles per tank. So uh, Sheridan was the perfect 150 mile stopping point. So right. we had a lot more people get off of the interstate and come to our community 10, 20, 30 years ago than we do today because now they can drive from Rapid City all the way to Billings without stopping. And, and they used to be drive to, from Rapid City to Gillette, Gillette to Sheridan, Sheridan to Billings, right? So you have four stops instead of one. Uh, and so it's, it's very interesting to watch how our, our society grows and we get better and better and more efficient in cars and all those things. But we have to have a way of the hundreds of thousands of cars that drive by us every year. We want to be attractive and drive, drive uh, attract them off of the interstate come down, do some shopping, buy some groceries, buy some food, buy some gas, buy some clothes, you know, and that's what helps with our economic base, our, our uh, sales and use tax, our sales tax in town, uh, and, and it supports our businesses, and, and that tourism is what Sheridan is all about, um, and we will continue to do great things with our tourism and our growth, but uh, truly in a controlled and safe manner that, uh, that keeps Sheridan Sheridan keeps people like me that have been here since 1979 or people that have been here their whole lives you know, for the last 50, 60, 70, 80, and, and even 100 years, people have lived in our community. We want, we all want to see Sheridan be shared, and we don't want to see it grow to become these other communities because Sheridan is unique. We are who we are, and we want to be us. We, we don't want to be that. <laughs> that's, just how, that's just how I see it. I want to be Sheridan. And, 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 and as we see now, after the last really about 10 years, but uh, specifically the last four years with great businesses like Weatherby moving to town, Kennan growing from uh, you know, a, a small business back in 1989 to a, a, a 38,000 square foot facility business here in 2021. Um, that's the kind of great success, great thing that we want to see. Uh, and, and that's what really makes Sheridan Sheridan. Uh, and, and our last and final thing is back in the 80s our number one export was us the kids I, I couldn't find a job in the 90s I applied at Sheridan PD and the SO and the Gillette and Buffalo and Casper and Cheyenne and all over the state of Wyoming for a police job none to be had so I moved to Colorado for about five years that's where I got my police job and I was a police officer detective for the city of Broomfield uh, all kinds of things happened from John Bonet to the school shooting uh, you know Columbine to uh, 9-11 and my wife and I decided at that time, do we want to raise our kids in a metro area or do we want to raise our kids in a beautiful, safe, wonderful environment like the city of Sheridan? And we were just like, we're moving home. We're going back to Sheridan and that's what we did. So uh, it's, it's great to be back home. I've been here back in town since 2002. My parents moved me here in 79. I was gone for five years, not by my own choice, but by economic, you know, no job kind of opportunity. And that's what I've hopefully uh, started a massive change because we, we have increased by over 200 plus jobs in the last four years. Great jobs, uh, you know, 14 to 20, 30 plus dollar an hour jobs and some even higher than that. Um, but uh, as we work through this internet type aspect and the, and the business community, um, you know, these great new uh, facilities where you can go and have a meeting and a lunch and have Wi-Fi. Uh, and, and it's great to see the younger generation, the 20-year-olds, the 30-year-olds going, man, I love Sheridan. That's awesome to hear. Because back in the day, uh, everyone was like, I can't wait to leave Sheridan to go do something else. 
uh, and, and that's a that's a huge mindset that's taken about 20 years really to kind of switch and pull over and I, and I thank all the previous mayors and city council members and county commissioners and all the people working in the businesses because their foresight back in the 80s and through the 90s and through 2010 and through two, up to 2020 about the last 40 years has really what has made Sheridan Sheridan. And, and that's what's keeping Sheridan Sheridan is, is, is keeping us, like myself, um, that has grown up here in town and others uh, to <clears throat> continue that tradition, <clears throat> excuse me, but also uh, some of the new people moving to town and they're moving here because they want to be here in Sheridan. They don't necessarily all want to change Sheridan. Granted, there are some <laughs> and we resist them to the maximum ability that we can because uh, we are Sheridan love Sheridan for Sheridan and, and that's what makes Sheridan great so I do appreciate the time and I don't know if there's uh, anything more but no that was that was wonderful I think the last thing Roger is just um, you know obviously someone could get on the website and find it but uh, since we're on here recording you know um, what's the best email for them to reach you at sure. um, if they have questions um, and then maybe probably uh, I'll probably just say maybe your office phone number here if they want to leave a message with Bev or you um, so so everybody should be able to find City Hall's phone number pretty easy uh, you go to the city website you can track uh, me down through that uh, and and the city you know the mayor's office and the, and the, uh, the email it's all there if you want to get on and look at all of our stuff on the agendas it's all on our city website um, my personal phone number of course is 307-751-9436 and my email is the troutangler.rm at gmail.com so that's uh, for the campaign stuff i try to keep all that separate because that's a private thing yep. uh, and then of course if it's actually you know city re related or mayor related you know, please feel free to call me anytime I've always had an open door policy I also try to be out walking around downtown and talking to business people and, and, and neighborhood people uh, in fact uh, you know the last you know, month or well, actually pretty much all summer uh, I have been getting out and knocking on doors and talking to people uh, and, uh, and and you know being safe of course through COVID but uh, but trying to to be available so people can talk to you because um, you, you can't just be the person that uh, nobody can reach. You can't be the person that uh, um, you know, just mails out flyers. You, you, you gotta be the, the person that's willing to go out and say, hi, I'm Roger Miller, I'm your mayor. Um, how do you think I've done the last four years? What do you think we can improve? And um, how can we keep Sheridan Sheridan, but also continue uh, being attractive to our children and our children's children so our community continues to thrive and we can keep our families in our in, in Sheridan as opposed to you know having everybody at the uh, west end of the, in the United States or the east end of the United States or the north or south or, or even across the world. But uh, um, it, it is truly a great honor to be the mayor of Sheridan and I'm asking for, of course, everybody's vote. Uh, and I, I, I really want to serve this community for four more years to, to kind of fine tune and put a pinpoint on a few more projects that really will set Sheridan on, on a continued success for the next you know, 100 years. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Roger, and, and good luck in November, and thank you for your time. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the time.